Amen. Alrighty. You know, prayer, prayer avails much. I don't know about you, but I look for every opportunity I can get to pray for people. And in my uh, work situation, I got to pray for a Jewish lady this week. Uh, she's um, facing some surgery and um, she's not a practicing Jew at all. She's proud to be Jewish, but she's not a practicing Jew. Um, but I've witnessed her a little bit. I'm just waiting for the doors to open and the level of trust to develop. And um, on Tuesday, I said to her, would you like me to pray for you for, for this? And she said, yes, please. And I was like, wow. And so I got to pray with her and she said, oh, that was beautiful. Of course, it was the anointing of the Lord. So, you know, God gives us opportunities in our lives and we just need to take it. Don't be afraid that people will reject you because often they, will, they, they have a great need and they, they would love someone to pray for them. So just go ahead and look for that. Talking of that, looking for signs. Looking for signs is what I'm preaching on tonight. We need to look for signs. In the natural, we're always looking for signs. You know, we look at the clouds and we go, oh, I think it's going to rain. I better bring the washing in. <laughs> you know, we look for signs of grey hairs. We look for signs of, um, of um, physical things. We look for little spots and dots and things in our skin and, and uh, think we need to get things checked out or go to the GP or whatever or pray about certain things. So signs give us directions or show us conditions of things and they help us to understand situations so that we can make decisions or we can make plans or adjustments and they're every day in our lives we are looking for signs I'm not just talking about street signs or road signs but I'm talking about signs we look for signs in people's behavior you know is, is someone standing there with their arms crossed when they're when you're talking to them are, are they engaging you are they looking at you when you're talking to them or they're looking over your shoulder we look for signs that people are listening to us we look for signs in the tone of their voice or their body language we look for signs all the time in the natural everyday lives if you're a gardener you'll go out and you will you'll look for um, look at your plants and if there's little holes in them then you know that that's a sign that there's worms or bugs or something and you need to get out the spray or deal with the situation. So in the natural we are always looking for signs and uh, you know we're coming to that time of year when you see Christmas lights everywhere so that's a sign. Guess what? Christmas is coming and the shopping malls are going to be crowded and things are going to get a bit crazy. So. Uh, we're looking for signs, but I want to have a look at it from um, a biblical perspective and uh, look at signs. And of course, the first mention of signs was in the first book of the Bible, first chapter in Genesis. On the fourth day, it says, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them for, be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So you've got the sun and the moon, you've got the stars, you've got the signs, you've got the seasons. So there is the first mention. And you know, as you go throughout the Bible, you know, often God uses his creation 
to bring signs forth, to, to get people's attention. So this was the first mention. The signs, that was a sign of a creator, a divine design. It didn't just happen with a big bang. You know, there was a, an order to things and uh, God is a creator. And he created these things and put the sun and the moon and the seasons and these things there for signs that people would know there was a creator. You know, if you look at creation and all the intricacies of the plant kingdom, the, work, the animal kingdom, then you can see divine design. I don't know how people don't believe. I just don't know how. You know, it's so obvious. God has put evidence everywhere, signs everywhere that he is the creator. Not only is he a creator, but he gave signs of his nature as well. Not his ability as a sovereign God to create things, but also as a caring God and one that cares for his people. And we're looking for signs in here. And in Joshua, after Moses had gone to be with the Lord, Joshua said this to the people of God. He said, the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people. So he's basically saying this is a sign of the goodness of God. All the miracles, all the plagues, all the things that he brought against Egypt to free his people showed that he was a God who cares for those who will follow after him. And his, Joshua is saying, look at all the signs that the Lord did. And if you go through the Old Testament, there's so many mention of the signs of God that the people of God were always told, remember the signs that he did, remember what God did. So God is the creator, but God is also the carer for his people. And so here Joshua is reminding the older generation and he's also um, teaching the young, this is news to the, young, the new generation about the goodness of God and how he uses signs to point to his goodness and his sovereignty. So that's the Old Testament. I've only got a couple of scriptures for that because it's full of signs. And I think um, if you know anything about the word of God, you will know about all the miracles and the signs and the wonders that God did through his people, through Elijah, through Elisha, through all of those uh, great men of God. Uh, so I wanna get into the New Testament and talk about signs there, looking for signs. The Old Testament always was pointing, it was like a shadow or a type, pointing to the Messiah, to the coming of the Lord, who was gonna be God's sign to people on the earth, the sign of redemption, that God is also the Redeemer. And so Jesus as the Messiah was God's sign of redemption and restoration and reconciliation. And so the Old Testament points to Jesus and, and the, the prophets were always saying, look to him, look forward. And they prophesied throughout the Old Testament, major prophets, minor prophets. The Old Testament's full of hundreds of prophecies 
that were signs pointing to the Messiah. And, uh, you know, that was fulfilled. The prophecies were fulfilled that in the signs of Jesus coming, when he came, his birth, the birthplace, the tribe, where he was from, everything was a sign that he was the Messiah who had come to the earth. And then, of course, Jesus himself began his ministry. And that was a ministry that was full of signs and wonders. And the first one was, of course, the miracle at the, uh, the wedding. And Jesus said there were six water pots. They had water in them. And he said to his disciples when they ran out of, um, of wine, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. They filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. That is the whole story in a nutshell. It wasn't Jesus magically touched it and it zapped into wine or something. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Just like at the very beginning, God spoke and there was light. Here is another creative miracle. He speaks and he says, fill the pots with water. And as they filled the pots, something miraculously happened. And then he said, take it out, draw it out now. And as they did, took it to the master of the feast. Well, we all know it happened. It turned into wine. It turned into wine. That was the first sign. It says, this is the beginning of signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now the master of the feast and the bridegroom had no idea what happened. The bridegroom just said, wow, very good. You kept the best to last. <laughs> but this sign, this sign, the beginning of signs, this wasn't for everybody there. This was for the disciples to believe in Jesus. That's the purpose of signs. Not for him to say, hey, look at me, but to say, I'm pointing to the Father who has sent me. So it's about developing faith. His disciples believed in him after this, after he spoke, the miracle happened, and they believed. They saw it happen. They saw it all happen. They were part of it. Okay, so Jesus' ministry was basically three and a half years of signs and wonders and miracles, okay? And if you go through the Gospels, you'll be able to see that. You think, as you read the Bible, you think, how can somebody not believe in him when you read all these amazing things that he did, the healings, the miracles, the, the creative things? Um, but there were many who didn't believe, and there was many more that he did do. It says in John chapter 20, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. So it was for the disciples and their faith as much as anything, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So the signs are so people will believe. And as they believe, they are blessed 
with life that comes from him. So these are not things to just be um, showing off or being spectacular. These have a deep purpose behind them. The signs of God aren't for boasting, but it's to glorify the Father who sent him and for the disciples to believe because they needed the faith to continue after his mission was finished on the earth. And it says here there were many more signs. And you think, wow, I wonder what they were. <laughs> you have a curiosity, you curious like me? Oh, it's wow, I wonder what they were. Probably just as amazing, but just many more, many more of them. And so this was to produce faith. The signs were to produce faith. Okay. So this was the disciples and some of the believers. They actually believed. But then some of them Jesus said this to. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me. Not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So there were some who followed him. It wasn't just for the signs. It wasn't about believing for them. It was for something far more base. It was just to make them feel good. Feel like they've got a full tummy. It was meeting a natural need. And that's all they cared about. They didn't care about the signs being a stepping stone to faith. They just saw it as meeting a natural need. And that's why so many people received things from the Lord and never came back, like the ten lepers. Only one came back when he was healed. All of them were healed, but he was the only one who came back after he was healed. Because a lot of people are like this, sadly. Okay. In John 7.31, it says, Many of the people believed in him and said, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? Wow. So they, there were those who believed, but it wasn't enough for them to believe that he was the Messiah. It wasn't enough for them to believe that he's the Son of God. They're saying, when the Christ comes, he was already there. <laughs> he was doing the miracles. They just called him this man. They didn't say, he's the Messiah. He's the Christ. These are the signs that were written off in the Old Testament. These were what were prophesied of. They're saying, oh, this is good. But you know what? We, we want more. <laughs> we want better. We think... The Christ can do better than this. It was quite insulting, actually, to say that. They're basically saying, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And some people are like that. When God blesses and does wonderful things, and they go, yeah, but I want more. This isn't good enough. I'm not happy with this. <laughs> some people are like that. And what about the Pharisees? Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he doesn't, because he had, doesn't keep the Sabbath. Okay, he's not keeping the law of Moses. He's not keeping the Sabbath. So he can't be from God. And others said, how can a man who is a sinner 
do such signs. And there was division among them. These are the religious leaders. These are supposed to be the spiritual giants of the day. And yet they cannot agree on this. Some of them are saying, look, there's no way he's from God because he's not keeping the law. He's broken the Sabbath. And then others are saying, he's a sinner. But then again, how can he do these signs if he's a sinner? They're very confused. <laughs> and they're arguing with one another. They're arguing with one another. What did he say to them? Well, in the book of Matthew, he calls them hypocrites. He calls them hypocrites. Why? Because they would say to him and test him and say, show us a sign. Show us that you are the son of God. And they would try and test him. And he would say, look, you can see the signs in the sky. You can see all these things in the natural, but you don't know how to discern the times and the seasons of the spirit. You don't understand the signs of the times. And that's what a lot of people are like. They understand natural things, but they don't see beyond. And they don't see the spiritual ramifications and the things that are really important. And they major on the minors. They major on the minors. And that's why he rebuked them. So they were the ones who actually refused to believe. Even though they saw the signs, they refused to believe. But for those who do believe, for us, and for those who do believe, what are the signs? These are the signs. These signs, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. Those who believe in my name, will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Wow. There's some amazing signs. I don't know if you've uh, moved in all those signs. Um, a few, yeah. Cast out demons in the name of Jesus, yes. <laughs> Speak with new tongues, yes. Taken up serpents, not lately. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> not lately, wouldn't want to have to do that. And if they drink anything deadly, who knows? Who knows, you know, God has probably protected us from things. We've been in some strange places on this planet. We've laid hands on the sick and we have seen God heal them. Not us, there's nothing in any of us, but God. We've seen him do these things. We've seen some amazing signs. We've seen God heal people who are going to be having surgery. A lady in Kenya was going to have surgery. She came to a prayer meeting on a Monday night. She said, can you pray for me? I'm having surgery next week. We prayed for her. We laid hands on her and God healed her. She came back and she said, I don't need surgery. You know, we've seen amazing things. I remember we were in a time of worship in Singapore and there was a man sitting near the window and he had his hand on the windowsill and it was totally crippled. And as we were, Lainey was uh, leading the worship and we were all singing and the Lord told me, just go over and hold his hand. And as I held his hand, I felt the fingers all come back to normal, all except the little finger. And I was like, why, why not all of them? 
And I felt the Lord say that's his reminder. He will always remember what God has done. Signs we've seen, signs from the Lord. For those who believe, they will see these amazing signs. You know, in the New Testament, there were so many signs that pointed to Jesus. His birth, his life, his ministry, his, his death on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a sign that is to speak forgiveness to your enemies and those who are repro reproaching you and cursing you. That's a sign. You know, when he forgave the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. An ordinary person can't say that. The signs were there. The signs were there. When he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven in front of their very eyes and said, the way you see me go, I'm coming back. The ascension of Jesus. Awesome, awesome. Um, what about the day of Pentecost? When the Holy Spirit came, Jesus ascended into heaven. He said, I'm going to send the promise from the Father. And he did. When the Holy Spirit came back, what an incredible sign that was. All these strangers talking in languages they'd never learned. They've come from different parts of the kingdom to worship in Jerusalem. And they're speaking in languages that some of the locals understood. They're like, what is going on here? Signs from God. The birth of the church through the power of God. All these amazing signs that the Lord has sent to, to glorify himself. And then when the Holy Spirit came, he filled the apostles. And they went out and the church began to grow. It said they would lay hands on the sick. There were many miracles done in the book of Acts. So many signs in the book of Acts. So, you know, what's next? What's the next sign? What are we looking for? What are we looking for? We're actually looking for the rapture. We are looking for the rapture. For the Lord to come and take us away. For the Lord to catch us away. To come for his church. To come for his bride. That's what we are looking for. That's what we are looking for. And, uh, you know, for some... It'll be good news. It's going to be awesome good news for us in the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye. But for others, it's going to be bad news. You know, when we leave, that's going to be the, one of the greatest signs in history because so many millions of people are going to suddenly be gone. What an incredible sign that's going to be. For us who, for us who go, it's going to be wonderful, glorious, awesome. But for others, it's going to be bad news. Because they're going to be thinking, you know what? I should have listened to Lainey. I should have listened to Nola. I should have listened to Peter and Sam and Chris. I should have listened to all those ones who told me. And I joked and I laughed about it. And I scoffed and I mocked them. And I said, you're weak, you're fools, you're Christians, you need a crutch. And now they're all gone. What an incredible sign for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout come on kids <laughs> with the voice of an archangel oh i've got goosebumps <laughs> and with the trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain 
shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. You know, when you're having a bad day, say this, we're one day closer to the coming of the Lord. We're one day closer to the catching away of the Lord. But for those who remain, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. For many, they will be saved, but many will not. This is what's going to happen. There will be signs. The sign of the rapture is going to be awesome, but there will be signs uh, at the beginning of the tribulation when the peace treaty is signed. You know, there's all these signs to look for. I'm not going into right now, but Jesus said this, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. There'll be food shortages, there'll be diseases, there'll be destruction, there'll be a terrible, terrible situation. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. We haven't seen this yet. We haven't seen this yet. And we will not see it on this earth. But there will be those who do see it and do experience it. There will be great, it says great earthquakes and great signs from heaven. Great signs from heaven. But it says this in Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So that will be a sign as well at the end. The gospel will be preached. This is a last warning. This is a last chance. The gospel will be preached all over the world. There will be uh, the everlasting gospel preached by angels during the tribulation. Why? Because God has a heart for people and he's giving them a last chance. He's giving them a last chance. There will be many signs and one of the great signs will be the gospel will be preached in all the earth, all the earth at this time. And then the end will come. The end will come. So what do we do? We look for all these signs. Do we look at all these things? Some people just spend their whole time looking for the signs, looking for the signs. Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And they look for signs all the time. What do we look for? We look for Jesus. We look for Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Stop looking for signs all the time. Stop looking around and just focus. Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end of everything for us and everything in between. Looking unto Jesus. Not looking for this and for that, but looking unto Jesus. And as we look unto Jesus, then we will be a sign for him. We will be a sign of hope. We will be a sign of faith. We will be a sign of love. 
there will be signs of him through our lives so that others will come. He said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. When we lift up the name of Jesus, when we represent him well, when we look to him, when we endure, when we are full of faith and full of wisdom and full of hope and full of love, we are a sign for the Lord. And people will begin to look for us. They will begin to look for us and the Christ in us who is the hope of glory. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that there are so many signs that you have put. Signs in the heavens. Signs in your creation. Signs in humanity. Signs in your word. Lord, signs in fulfilled prophecies. And the life and the death and the resurrection. And the soon coming of your wonderful son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have given so much evidence. It's ridiculous to think that, that there is no God. Father, we just pray for those that we are believing you for, those who are deceived and those who are blinded. We ask that you would just reveal yourself to them in whatever way you see fit. Whatever way you see fit. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming back for us soon. But in the meantime, that we would represent you well. That we would live your gospel and share your gospel. We would endure. We would endure to the end. That we wouldn't be like those who just think the signs are great, but we want more. Although we think the signs are just not enough, we just want to feel good. Help us, Lord, to be full of the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. We bless you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Have an awesome week, everyone. Who wants prayer? I want to pray with you. Say hi to someone. That was very good. I enjoyed that. That was good. Good. It brought back a lot of stuff that I've forgotten all about. In the yeah, Bible. I know. You need. Yeah, we need to be reminded of yeah, things sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit, the Bible itself. It's a bit overwhelming, and, and um, yeah, the stuff that I know. We just apply different parts of the Bible to different stages in our lives. That's right. But the thing is that you remind that that was reminding what you're saying yeah. about the 